0: Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats from NC State University's Career Development Center, the only podcast dedicated to providing NC State students with current, relevant, and thought provoking ideas that will challenge you to think about your future. Whether you want to know more about what hiring managers are really thinking, or you just need to hear an honest and encouraging story about overcoming obstacles to reach your goals, we've got you covered. Wolfpack Career Chats is just one of the many services we provide. Whether it's career fairs, on campus interviews, co op opportunities, or more, we are here for the pack. Hello, this is Marcy Bullock with Wolfpack Career Chats, and today I'm excited to have Holly and Javine Soinski on our interview today. Good morning, Holly.
1: Hey, Marcy. Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: It's wonderful to have you today. As you know, this podcast is all about helping college students with their transition to the workforce, gaining confidence and overcoming struggles, which I know you have done. And I would love to hear you tell us a little bit about your story and your journey in the, I guess we'd call it a little elevator pitch introduction.
1: Absolutely, yes. So my name is Holly Angevine Sawinski and I have worked for Wells Fargo since I graduated from UNC. I graduated in 2016 studying statistics and computer science and I have found myself in a variety of different technology and data and analytic related roles since then. I have been in Five different roles, all within Wells Fargo. Some of those have been promotions on the same team, and some of those have been actually moving to different teams. I was really excited to get asked to come in and talk about negotiations because coming out of the working, coming out of the university life, that was one of the areas I felt like I had the least amount of knowledge on how to handle any of these conversations with advocating for yourself or talking confidently about money. So I'm excited to jump in with you.
0: And five roles. That's really impressive, which is is why we wanted to dive into this, because I think there is some uncertainty about advocating for yourself. And I think with the data, it shows that there's a lot of women who get paid less than men, and they accept that. And so I love the fact that you are bold and that you are talking with your employers about getting promoted and switching teams and advocating for your own career advancement. So to Tell us a little bit about what's involved in gaining that confidence and how it's worked for you.
1: Yeah, so I'm a big numbers person. And when I read the book Lehman, I saw so many numbers about, you know, for men and women, um, it particularly goes into women, but it's talking about, you know, when people ask for promotions or asking about salaries and how often. And I realized that so much of a person's career is in their own hands and that you've got to be really knowledgeable about taking that career forward. So I think that one thing people can do is look up on Glassdoor or Fishbowl what people your age are making. You know, what's the going rate for someone that's in a similar role to you? Because maybe you didn't get offered that starting salary that you wanted coming out of college. And so you should you know, actively be aware of what are people in other companies getting paid for doing the same functions that I'm doing.
0: Absolutely. So doing your research is important and I'm glad you mentioned a couple of references for students who are exploring that and trying to see what their worth is. So when you began these conversations, maybe we can um, rewind back to your first job that you got at Wells Fargo right out of college. How did you know and when did you know it was time to make some kind of change?
1: Yeah, it's a very hard decision. And I remember saying, you know, asking different mentors and older people on my team, what's what's the right time, you know, is a year and a half the right amount of time to be in the role? Should I be here for two years? And I don't think that there's a a magic number. If you are in a role and you feel like you've mastered it, you know, like, like you're stuck, I think for someone that is at a junior level, that it's time to move on, that you want to be a little bit uncomfortable. In the role that you're in, because that means that you're growing and you're learning and you're making mistakes and you're learning the right thing to do um, versus being in a space that you're, you know, you've got this. This job is easy. You know how to do everything. I think that's the point where you've gotten too comfortable.
0: That's a good point. So if you're starting to feel like you're in that comfort zone and you just don't want to take the risk, then maybe that's time to overcome that fear. So was it scary for you to have that conversation and how did you approach it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's terrifying. Um, I also, I was really lucky. I had a great relationship with my first manager, which is another thing we could talk on because you spend you know more time with your team than your family, just realistically. Um, but I was really, I was sad to leave behind my first team and to leave behind my manager. I entered into Wells Fargo through a program that was not rotational. So some of the post-grad, you know, will force people to rotate to different teams. And that's not how this one worked. And coming into Wells, I had already intentionally said, I'm going to make my own rotational program, because I know how important it is as a junior to be getting lots of different experiences and different
0: roles. So this is um, something you touched on. I want to go back to about your manager and your relationship Mm -hmm. with that person. And um, coming right out of college, when you are interviewing, and I know you interviewed a lot, how do you pick your manager? Because you know you said you spend so much time with your team, and I, I think I read you spend like more waking hours with your coworkers than your own loved ones. So it is yeah. kind of a big decision. Like you're interviewing them; they're interviewing you. What were you looking for when you made that choice? And you had all those different interviews. How did you hone in on Wells Fargo?
1: Mm-hmm. Realistically, it's gonna depend on the size of the company. So with Wells Fargo, I didn't even get to interview with who my manager was. It was kind of a luck of the draw on how my background lined up with where team needs were at the time. So I would say that, you know, if you do have the opportunity to interview with your manager, you're gonna tell from that 30-minute interview with them, they're assessing you and you should be assessing them too. You know, if you think you would get along well, if you think that you would respect them for people that Yeah, put into a team straight off of graduation. I think you've got to make the most of it and start thinking about the people around you. You know, do you want to emulate your manager and the leaders in your group? Or are you a little bit more skeptical of the leadership qualities that, that they possess? And you might actively start looking at other groups at your same company that you would rather be in a position where you're emulating those leaders.
0: That's interesting. So you were basing it on the people that interviewed you and then you got good luck. Like you said, when you got in the role, you really enjoyed it. And it almost sounded like you felt loyal to this boss you had and almost like, I'm sorry, I'm looking for something new. What is that conversation like?
1: Yeah, it's horrible. I've I've done that twice and I'm not a crier at work, I promise, but I I cried for both of those conversations Um, because I think when you come out of school, you've got to be a sponge. You've got to soak up as much as you can. You've got to learn from anyone that you think is doing it right. And I was just coached so well from my first two managers. I mean, work that I do today, I can tell I'm making a slide a particular way because of you know, this manager and I'm setting my Excel up this way because that's how this manager would have done it. So I, I do feel um, loyalty and I've been lucky to have that. I know that there are people in other roles that you know they, they don't have that with their manager and maybe they have it with someone else on their team instead. It is a difficult conversation to have, but in the end, if you've got a good manager that supports your career, they're gonna be excited for your opportunities to grow. They don't want you to be on their team for 10 years of your career.
0: Yeah, exactly. They don't want you to be stagnant. And I've always thought that when I've hired good people, that's one of my goals is to mentor them and then let them fly off into the next thing and feel that sense of satisfaction that I had that relationship. And if they contributed for X number of years, then that was meaningful. Yes.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: So the conversation about the um, switching over to the new role happened. You said you were terrified and then you got reassured and realized that this person, you know, wanted you to grow and to be ambitious. And then you began looking at these other roles, as you said, three, you know, two, three, four and five roles, which is a lot in three years. Wow. So you're a mover and a shaker.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So two of those, I've had promotions on the same team. Which I, I did want to say a little something about promotions. Um, when you join a company, I think you need to be really clear up front and take advantage of your your newness, and play that new card and ask, you know, what's your, what's the promotion cycle here? What's the bonus cycle? Because coming into Wells, I thought it could happen at any time, and it's really there's twice a year that they do potentials for promotions and bonuses come out, you know, once a year and that's in March. So it really, it depends on the company. And I think you've got to be really upfront with getting that information because you don't want to go to your manager during an off season with this huge pitch about, you know, how you would expect X amount or how your performance is really improving. And that turns out there's nothing they can do because that's just not the time of year for promotions.
0: Yeah, so that's a great question to ask in the interview. And I think a lot of students maybe are shy to think, oh, are they thinking that I'm, I'm too pushy with that? But more, it shows that you are ambitious.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I think that's perfectly said. It's, it's showing that you're going to be taking initiative, that you're confident in how your performance is going to be. I think it's a great question to ask
0: right and then during performance reviews as you were getting prepared for that it sounds like twice a year possibility to get promoted Mm -hmm. how did you manage those conversations with your boss such that that they could see that you were worthy of that promotion did you have to advocate for yourself or did they just come in and go holly you've been killing it here's some more money (laughs) Yeah,
1: Um, you have to be so comfortable with advocating for yourself you're most likely not going to be your manager's only employee and they're going to have a million other things on their mind. And so, you know, they, they know that you're doing well, but it's on you to each month, take a step back and write down what are the high level things that I have really accomplished this month. So that when a review comes around in the six near at the six month mark, Mm -hmm. that you can point to those items and remind them, Hey, I was really instrumental in X, Y, Z, or I developed this brand new report or made enhancements to this process. And so you've got to get comfortable with pulling yourself out of the details of specific lines or columns that you might've helped with and finding that business language to show what you've accomplished over the past months.
0: What an awesome tip. So you actually on a monthly basis review your own accomplishments because you will forget it. And then when you're having that conversation, the point you made about your boss having so many different employees, I've found that most often supervisors are putting out fires and dealing with problem employees and A-level players like yourself, they just let you go off and do your thing. And they may not even know all of the accomplishments that you have. So that is such an important point. And when you did that, how did the conversation evolve?
1: It, it evolves well. It's almost like a reminder um, to them because I think you'll quickly learn what the phrase "coaching up" means, and it's it's not a bad thing. It means that um, you know you're almost reminding your manager of things that are going on because they've got their fingers in so many different pots that it's hard to keep track, and so you're letting them know of different ideas or projects that you've worked on and completed that they might not be 100% cued in with, and they know what's going on, but you have to give them that, um, the, the reminders and the FYI of how you're contributing to
0: that. Yeah. And you had, like you said, you did your homework, you knew what other people in these roles were making. So when you got into mm-hmm. more of the negotiation, was it, I guess I kind of want to get into the juicy part of that. Is it more like you're buying a car where you say, well, I really was hoping you'd offer me this. Um, how do you do that in a tactful way right. with someone that you respect if maybe the amount that they said wasn't what you were hoping
1: Right. If you are going to work for a big corporation, these conversations have to happen way in advance of when your manager is going to need to advocate for you. So if there's a, if you know that, you know, the cycle might happen, let's say it happens in June, you should be having conversations in April or so about, Hey, I I've been sitting at this number for the last 10 months and I know reviews are coming up. And so, you know, I'm, excited to hear what number you're getting on my side of things, I would expect to be seeing you know eight to ten percent or or whatever six to to nine percent um, to bump me to number x I think I deserve number x because and then you can list out some of the things that you've done for the year but I also think showing comparisons is is extremely valuable for the person that is asking for more money. I mean I I know that not everyone shares salary information and I don't, you know, I don't think we all should, but I knew what my boyfriend was making, for example, and what one of my other friends here in Charlotte was making at a different company. So I could say, Hey, I've got people that are making, you know, X thousand dollars more than me. And I, I'm doing great work here that I deserve to be making as much as them.
0: I'm so proud of you for having that, what we call chutzpah in my family, to go in with that, that mindset. And I think, again, getting back to women in the workforce and some of the surveys showing that women just accept something lower and don't push for it, um, what advice would you give to, to young woman, women in college that are beginning this process to have that confidence?
1: yeah I, I just think it 's so important to to know your worth. I mean nobody is going to advocate for you except for yourself and and you 're going to make mentors and people that think you 're great and would do anything but in your in your early months and years it 's on you to describe the kind of employee that you are, why you think that you 've been exceptional and why you deserve x, y, and z. And I also think negotiating can come down to more than just the numbers. So if you feel like you're in a place where you are getting paid what you should be or you just got a promotion recently, Think about what you want to be doing on that team. You know, you could be negotiating for more leadership opportunities. Maybe you want to lead a project that's coming up that your boss might know about. Um, Maybe you are looking to get into different content because you're trying to learn more without having to lead your team. So there's a lot of ways to take autonomy with negotiating. It doesn't have to just be um, at a salary level as well.
0: Yeah. And, you know, knowing your worth, that is, that is critical. And when you were telling your story, I was, you know, how you were like, I know what my boyfriend makes all these things. It's funny because taboo topic is salary. Like we don't walk around with like these, you know, big flashing lights, like 85,000, 76,000. And it's almost one of these things that you're so uncomfortable having any kind of conversation about. And, I know when I switched jobs at the university, I went to our vice chancellor with exactly what you said with data on what people at other land grant were making and like pushed for it. And I think that's the only reason that it was accepted. I I definitely would have settled for something less if it hadn't been that, you know, I had taken that initiative and shared all of these successes, like you said, really knowing when you step up and go above and beyond how it can be benefiting the company so much. Yeah. So with your performance reviews, going back to that one, um, one of the things that that someone told me once, and I'm, I'm curious about kind of how you approach yours with keeping track of all your accomplishments, is um, ask your boss, like, what's one thing you want me to do more of, and what's one thing you want me to do less of? And for me, I might think I'm doing an amazing job, but I just don't know exactly what my boss's expectations are. So what strategies have you used to make sure that? you make your boss look good, which is kind of our job. Um, unfortunately mm-hmm. it really is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the biggest, um, pieces of advice that I would give is related to this question is to do whatever you can do to make your manager's life easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, cause that, that truly is, I mean, your function, um, in terms of at the end of the year and, Or during a performance review and asking about your feedback. Yeah, I think I think you want to be really upfront with your manager that you are ready to take on negative feedback, and giving them the time so that they can prepare meaningful feedback. I think asking on the spot, you know, what could I do better? A lot of times, the person on the receiving end is like, "Oh, nothing. You're doing great." But if you ask, you know, "Hey, genuinely, looking back on my last six months or you know my last year," Could you come up with some actionable items that you know you think would help me so that I can, you know, further advance my career in the future?
0: I that's a great question to ask your boss because I think a lot of times the two things bosses hate the most are firing someone and performance reviews. And it, it seems mm-hmm. weird to say, like, what's so bad about a performance review, but really the person that knows themselves the best is you. You know yourself the best. So when you come in with all this information about your accomplishments and then you ask them for something actionable, and I've even found saying, hey, here's something I want to work on. So this is a professional development opportunity that I saw. Can I take advantage of it? Mm
1: -hmm. Have you ever
0: had experiences where you have pushed to learn something that maybe was a skill set that you wanted to increase?
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm fortunate to be at Wells Fargo and they've got a huge um, training and development function out of Wells. And so we have trainings that are available on via the computer and also in person. A hu- a, one that I loved was strength finders. I might do that in your classes too. We do.
0: What are your strengths, Holly? Yes.
1: my strengths. I know I've got, I'm analytical, arranger, Futuristic competition and positivity.
0: That is so impressive that you remember those (laughs) like right off the bat because I did not prep you for that. So yeah, that's one of our favorite things to do in our class too. And so sorry to interrupt. Keep going on that strengths.
1: Oh well, um, we've got a Strengths Finder class, and I loved that one because it really tells you um, it tells a story about the kind of employee that you are, the kind of leader that you are, um, for a potential manager, you know to see what your strength finders are. It gives them the idea of what working with you would be like. Think it's something that could go on your resume. I've got it in my like, internal Wells Fargo bio because um, yeah. I think that, you know, that one's really valuable. I took a training on um, coaching because I was starting to lead a small team and I felt very overwhelmed with, uh, what does it mean to, to start to manage people? And so, you know, I think that seeking out those different trainings and being willing to say, yeah, I I'm starting at zero with this. I'm a novice. I need all the help I can get.
0: That's awesome, and I would say, you know, with going back to the Strengths Finder, how that's part yeah. of your internal thing that you um, you have on your bio there. I, I saw that there's like a one in thirty three million chance that someone would have the same top five strengths in the same wow. order as you. So it really is your unique footprint, and it's like how your shoulders are broadest when you come to work. So mm-hmm. I'm um, I'm glad that you were able to incorporate that, and that you were able to also um, do this other coaching course. So getting back to like the the times where you left your manager and went to the new role. Can Mm -hmm. you give a little bit of insight into some tips on on that? Because I think departments do sometimes feel uh, a little possessive over the teams that they have. Then they've got to do another hiring process and it takes some time. Um, So how did you go about just kind of laying the groundwork for that?
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's really important in considering how to preserve the relationships that you've made on your current team. So with your teammates, but specifically with your manager, I would be, it, it depends on the relationship of course. Um, but if you're really comfortable with this person, I would be upfront with them when, or if you're considering new job opportunities. And so if you have just started to look um, you might let them know that, hey, I'm, I'm interested in the next year or so in transitioning to a different role and, and giving your reasons why, you know, I'm interested in new content or however, because they might be able to support you, help with connections to make introductions to other roles. Um, if it's, I, I just think it's good to cue them in earlier rather than later Uh, for, for Wells, it's kind of a longer hiring cycle. And so I, I was able to give my boss almost, I think it was seven weeks notice that, Hey, I'm applying for this role if I get it. And if it's the salary I want, I'm going to take it. If it's not, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. But I was giving like extreme advanced notice because I really, I really cared about that relationship and I didn't want to blindside this person by leaving their team
0: that's that's so important to be very um attuned to the etiquette of the organization and it sounds like the culture there is they want you to advance and so you learn that early in the interview process, so that's not frowned upon at all
1: it's not I, it is absolutely encouraged to and I hope that a lot of companies would find this the same way that, you know, growth is encouraged, getting new opportunities is encouraged. I think kind of like you were saying, Marcy, you, you want the people that are working for you to move on to different roles. I think it would be looked at as a negative if someone had been in the same role for you know five to 10 years, especially when they're younger. I think that changes, could change when you get older, but um, that, that manager might've felt like they had, they had failed you. Um, by not encouraging that growth.
0: Right. Maybe that person is getting a little stale and they're not really pushing themselves. And I know with the millennial generation, you all have a reputation for, I'm going to stay somewhere, leave, stay somewhere, leave. And you've actually been at the same company for, it's a little over three years now. So um, are you thinking at all about that, how that's going to look on your resume or because you've been advancing within the company, that makes you feel confident?
1: Yeah, and I think this is a great question too because um, it is tempting to to look. At least I'm I've got my futuristic Strength Finder right, so yeah. I used to say like, "Oh, I, you know, I'll be at Wells Wells forever. It's an amazing company, and I still think that it's an amazing company." But I think you need to be open to new opportunities wherever you know, wherever that could come from. Potentially leaving the company. Yeah, um, and then in terms of the switching around there's, there's, there's no, there's no great time, um, to leave. And so I had the roles that I've moved to have actually been because managers on other teams have reached out to me and said, Hey, I've got an opening and I want you to join my team, which I've been really fortunate in that. Um, because I haven't actively sought out roles, but that's kind of a product of, being at a gigantic company is if you're doing well, not only is your team going to notice, but other teams are going to notice and potentially try to bring you over to their world.
0: And those opportunities are falling in your lap. I'm so proud of you. That's that's exciting when people see the impact you're making and, and wanna really bring you on into something even higher level. One of the things when a college student is coming right out, they're negotiating salary, but are there other perks like, let's say, time off, PTO? Um, Are there other things like health insurance, I guess, that people just don't think about when they're coming right out of college that you think are important?
1: I think the start date is a huge one that people don't think about. You are about to be working (laughs) for... years and years and years that if you've got a job that says you have to be there June 1st, I would push on that and, and ask for August 1st. If you're able to financially or, or whatever, just to give yourself some time off before you enter the world of, um, I mean, pretty strict PTO, you know, a certain allotted amount of days and pretty strict health insurance or that strict salary where it's a big corporation and you need to, to go by the book with that.
0: Yeah, the, the start date's a good one because I think a lot of times when you're 21, you're in a rush. You're like, I've got to begin this job or get into grad school right away. And taking some time to do something you enjoy for a few weeks, like you said, in the long run can really benefit you in your psychological well-being. Yeah, Wow. Our time has gone by so fast, Holly. Your tips have been so fantastic about, um, you know, helping not just women, but any student to advocate for themselves. Is there any final tips that you want to leave our listeners with on this topic or uh, a final gem of wisdom that you would like to drop?
1: I kind of hit on this one earlier, and I just want to reiterate it that when you're in a new role, you should try to be learning all of the time. I mean, just soaking up what other people are doing around you, no matter what your GPA was or you know, how well you know the topic based off what you covered in college. You're, you need to be humble. You're starting at ground zero and um, you know, take in all that you can.
0: What a wonderful way to end the podcast, Holly. It's been so fun to chat with you today. Um, Even though you're a Tar Heel, you are adopted today by the Wolfpack family. (laughs) And we're so um, excited to take this knowledge and use it in our futures. Thanks, Holly.
1: Yeah, thank you, Marcy. And if your students or any listeners want to reach out on LinkedIn, I'm happy to chat more.
0: We will put your link in the show notes here. Thank you. Thanks. NC State Career Development Center prepares and empowers students to identify and pursue their career goals. Stop by Pullen Hall to learn more. Thank you for listening to Wolfpack Career Chats, and we hope to see you around campus. Have a pack day!